message uh, for the next few minutes is turning your test into your testimony. So we just want to be talking, you know, acknowledging, you know, the the word lets us know the tests will keep on coming, uh, the trials will keep on coming, the challenges, the obstacles, the storms, you know, those things will just keep coming down the road. We never get away from those things. It's it's wonderful when we have those those seasons of time where it seems, you know, the sky is blue and the winds are calm, but by and large, you know, it's something that we're going to just have to uh, keep dealing with. And, you know, I was just thinking over this last week or so in particular, you, you know, this, this recent season that we have all been through, you know, and again, we're, you know, at this wonderful point now where, you know, masks are off and life is kind of returning back to a picture that, you know, we're, we've all been itching for a very long time to see happen. Um, and, and I was, you know, sometimes when there's a big shift that goes on, it's very valuable for us to go back and say, so, so what have I learned? You know, uh, what, what is it that, um, you know, that I can take away from this last experience that I've had? What, what did I do right? What, what do I have to do different? You know, and those kinds of things. And, you know, I, I'm not only, I mean, for me personally, and every one of us has our own stories, but uh, for me personally, there were so many varied. I mean, gee, I look over at Jason over here. Jason, you've had some trials you know, through this last uh, season of time and you get through one and then here comes the next one. And, you know, if I'm not careful, uh, you know, it it has wear and tear on you. And if you're not careful, you start looking at the wrong place, you know. So part of turning your test into your testimony here is just acknowledging um, that that God is faithful through it all uh, and that he never promises that the junk and the messiness he doesn't promise it won't happen, but he does promise that he's going to bring us through the other side. And so going back to my own reflecting, that's one of the things I saw. Uh, I remember, you know, years ago, I was having uh, one of those uh, one-on-ones with Pastor Walt, and I was just explaining some recent challenges. And, uh, you know, like we would do, we would just kind of sit there and listen. He goes, ah, the buffetings, just those buffeting waves. And I didn't quite put it into that, that, that word, that verbiage, you know, but that really painted the picture. I was like, yes, that's exactly it. Just these, you know, we, we've been at the shore when the waves are choppy and it's just like, boom, another one, another one, and, you, you know, and it can wear on you. But here's the thing that the Lord really reminded me, wow, through every buffeting, through every challenge, through every storm, through everything that's gone on, there, there's been one factor that has been consistent through all of it. And it was that God is faithful every step of the way. Amen. You know, and, and so when we talk about here, um, the, the seeing our test turn into a testimony, it's probable, I, th- I think maybe for most of us, that there's not going to be a whole lot of maybe new thought or information, but maybe just a reminder, an exhortation, you know, as we move forward, that there are some specific things that we can do to make sure that the test, the, you know, and when the tests come, when the trials come, when the challenges are there, would you agree with me? It's messy. Life gets messy, you know? How many don't mind, like, messy home, messy workspace? You're just, you're just okay, you can work in it, you can function. Some of us are just wired that way. Anybody? No, no, every, everybody, maybe a couple of us? All right, I, I know, depending on our wiring, some of us, more, some, some are looking at each other like, you don't want to admit it, but you should raise your hand. You know, I just saw some of that going on. Yeah, I, I know if, I, I can work with some clutter and some mess, but if it crosses a particular threshold, it starts to paralyze me. You know, and, and, and what that means is then I have to get much more intentional uh, to, to focus on the right thing. You know, so when the storm comes, man, it can be, it can be a messy time. 
but you know what? There, there's a testimony that God wants to bring out the other side. So we know in the word, it tells us they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And there are so many famous Bible characters, uh, heroes of the faith that we read about in the word of God. And why are they heroes? And why are they people we admire so much? Because of the tests and the trials and the storms and the challenges that they faced in Christ. So, you know, we've got uh, David and who, who, how would you, in, in, his, in his, great, uh, his great challenge, David fights Goliath, right? Yep. Uh, we know Abraham, you know, everything he did, he had to believe. He, he didn't actually lay hold of, of the ultimate promise that God had made for him, you know, but when it came to Isaac, he was so willing to believe God that when it came time for Isaac uh, and, and for him to be sacrificed on the, on the altar, he reasoned, it says in scripture, that God would raise him from the dead. And, and that stuff wasn't happening at that time. So you talk about a man, you know, walking in faith. Joseph sold into slavery, you know, rejected by his whole family. Moses, you know, we think about uh, all of the challenges he had and all the obstacles leading the, the children of Israel. Daniel and the lion's den, among other challenges that he faced. The fiery furnace with the three Hebrew children. Jonah and one really big fish. Uh, the walls of Jericho with Joshua. Uh, how about Peter in the New Testament? He literally denies Christ. I mean, we get this picture. That's one, one of the things that I think is so precious about Scripture. It doesn't gloss over the humanity of, of people. You know, we see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, and we have the option, you know, the opportunity to learn from it. And so Peter denies Christ and uh, just has this sense of, of total failure. But yet the Lord lets him know, no, nope, I'm not done with you. Uh, there's still great things I have for you to do. And uh, we, we could even look at somebody like Timothy, right? Paul had to encourage Timothy, hey, don't let people despise your youthfulness. He was having a problem. People were saying, what's the kid talking about? What what does this guy know? He's just a young guy, you know, and, and, you know, uh, Paul had to encourage him. No, don't let that be an obstacle. So obstacles look a lot of different ways. It could be Red Seas. It could be giants. It could be big fish. (laughs) It could be our own mouth like Peter and our fear and we trip up over it or how young, not young, anywhere in between we are, you know, uh, but the good news, again, the whole uh, thing through it is that God wants to bring us through the other side. So uh, every one of these, these folks we just mentioned uh, is known for overcoming trials and challenges. And the key is they applied their faith against the obstacle. So uh, we're going to look here at a few keys that if we remember these, we'll be able to turn any and every test into a testimony. So number one, when we see an obstacle, God sees an opportunity. Right, so we got to just start in that place. When there's an obstacle in front of us, when there's, when there's, there's a mess, you know, a, a test, a storm, a trial, whatever it is, and we see an obstacle, from God's perspective, it's always an opportunity. An obstacle is something that impedes progress or achievement. An opportunity uh, says there's a good chance for advancement or progress. When Moses had the Red Sea in front of him and the armies of Pharaoh behind him, he is literally uh, that, that rock in the hard place. You know, what, what in the world do I do? There, there is no opportunity. There's just obstacle all around me. But God shines his brightest uh, in, in the realm of impossibility, right? When it looks impossible. I mean, that's about as impossible as it gets. You know, there, there's, a, there's a literal sea in front of him. The most powerful army in the world is behind him. And yet he believes God and God does a great miracle. So, so first thing, and, and how many know it's one thing, it's one thing to know God can, it's another thing to do this. 
when the obstacle comes to stop and say, wait a minute, this is a God opportunity. God wants to do something here. This is, this is an opportunity for growth. This is an opportunity for God to get glory. Uh, a second thing, God will turn our pain into another person's gain. So we've heard that in the gym, right? No pain, no gain, right? Kind of a thing for working out and stuff like that. But yet, you know, in this instance, God will never waste our pain. So God's not afraid of us going through pain. Amen? Amen. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan in my household. Uh, so, you know, I've got two daughters and my wife, and I'm the wimp when it comes to getting blood taken. You know, my wife goes, oh, look, that's so cool. You know, and I'm like turning pale, you know, kind of leaning over, you know, I, you know, got some physical stuff going and uh, uh, I, I, let the, I let the lady know I'm not a big fan of getting blood taken and she started messing with me. You know, she put it in and it's going out. She goes, oh, I miss, going to have to do it again. And I'm like, don't say that to me. And she goes, oh, I missed again. And she, I, I literally thought, you're not allowed to say these things to people who let you know they're vulnerable. Like that was, that was just so unfair. And then I remember the most recent time I went, as a matter of fact, if you're similar to me, I will tell you the place and the name of the lady to ask for. Because I mean, her, she was so delicate. I heard somebody say one time, like a butterfly touching down with sore feet. That's how light and gentle, I couldn't even tell she was taking my blood, you know? Uh, so, so what I'm saying is we're, we don't look for pain and say, oh good, I'm going to experience pain. And, and God's not abusive. It's that God recognizes that the pain isn't the issue. He's so much bigger than the pain. And he'll heal us from the pain. And he'll, he'll, he'll cause the pain that the enemy would use to tear us up and, and to tear us down. God will cause it to be that he gets massive glory out of it. Right, so, so we could kind of encapsulate what we're talking about here. For me, a lot, oftentimes I get caught up in what's happening to me, but God is being much more concerned in what's happening in me. Right, and so when it comes to the whole pain situation, if I, again, come and recognize, all right, my pain, God in his hands uh, is gonna use it for another person's gain. And, you know, when we go through a hardship, oftentimes that's where we find the greatest empathy. You know, because we, we've walked in somebody else's shoes. We've, you know, it, it, it's a, a great thing we, when we can empathize someplace we haven't walked. You know, but how much more do we carry a heart for something? Uh, and, and how effective is it when we try to give comfort to somebody, but we haven't walked their path? They appreciate it. But you could tell them, you could tell the difference when, when you can say, I've been where you are. And God's going to bring you through. It's going to be okay. It's, it's an entirely different testimony, you, you know, uh, of impact, you know. It's why, uh, like, like, for instance, sometimes divorced people will have a passion to help people work through the pain. Um, we have uh, Ralph and Donna Ferry that lead our divorce care ministry um, of, of their own testimony. They're, they're some of the sweetest, wisest, most humble, God-loving people. And they, they share out of, hey, we've gone through brokenness and we want to help other people either avoid that brokenness or if they've been through the pain of divorce to help, help you walk through and find you know, the Lord's healing in the process. So again, God won't waste a wound and God won't waste any hurt. Empathy is the capacity to understand what another person is experiencing. 
Um, and so it's, again, it's placing ourselves in someone else's shoes. And God wants to use those trials, those overwhelming times, those messes, the obstacles to bring hope and vision and faith uh, into other people's lives. And he absolutely will use it. Uh, but we have to be willing to see it from that vantage point. Sometimes, you know, we deal with it, especially if it's painful. Man, we just want to put it away and not deal with it again. You know, but sometimes God will say, no, no, let's, let's, let's minister. Let's draw people, you know, to the Lord. So uh, a third, uh, you know, idea here on turning the test into a testimony. Uh, the test is a part of the process that leads to our progress. So when we look at how we, we progress in our devotion with the Lord, I mean, how does humility and how does brokenness come in one's life? It usually comes from, you know, being pressed and, and being broken, right? So uh, we have to view it differently. We have to view it from God's perspective. Luke 22, verses 31 to 34, um, Jesus says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. And Jesus tells him what the mess is going to be, uh, you, you know, in, in, in this whole situation. Uh, Peter says, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. But Jesus says, you, you know, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you're going to deny three times that you even know me. You know, so, you know, his best effort to say, Lord, I'm with you all the way. I'm all in this. You, you know, I, I, I've got your back. And Jesus lets him know, now there, there's a mess coming. You actually don't. Uh, but, but you, you know, I've prayed for you. Uh, in the message version, Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me, like chaff from wheat. Simon, I've prayed for you in particular that you not give in or give out. When you have come through the time of testing, Turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. It's kind of cool how that's worded, right? You know, when you sift wheat, you separate the chaff from the wheat. And again, there's a big mess that gets made in that process of getting the chaff off. So what you have left is, is the wheat. And interesting, in what Jesus prayed here, what did Jesus pray? He didn't pray, uh, I will pray that the sifting stops. Right? That, that's our prayer. Lord, make it stop. You know? um, why didn't Jesus stop it? He tells Peter, you know, you're, you're going to blow this. Actually, three times you're going to. But instead, he prays for Peter's faith. So he, uh, Jesus didn't want to just fix the moment. He wanted Peter to learn to live by faith for a lifetime. Right? So, you know, uh, the, sometimes the pain in the moment can feel so big. But yet if we recognize, no, God is here with me. God's doing something. God is going to bring me through, deliver me through the other side of this. Then, then it's, it's affecting the way we will live, the trajectory that we have and the way we walk for the rest of our lives. In 1 John 5, 4 and 5, for every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those that believe Jesus is the Son of God. So it's going to be through our faith. There is a battle, but we're those that can win. Uh, John 16, 33, I've told you all this, that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. All right, a fourth thought here on turning a test into a testimony. Uh, we turn our focus from the test to the Messiah. 
So again, uh, these, these aren't real brand new points probably for most of us, but they're things if we keep this handful of thoughts as those, whether it's the buffetings that keep on coming. You know, I'll just give you a for instance here for me. Um, and this is where I really felt God saying, get the point, man. You know, uh, I, I was dealing with some medical challenges and I guess... I guess, so the Thursday before Memorial Day, uh, I had gotten some news back that everything was just fine. And I was just like, okay, praise God. And there was like a little bit of, um, little bit of a process walking through that, a little bit of just having to trust God and God's report and all of that. And uh, so this was Thursday, and that, that was a happy Thursday. And a good Friday. And a nice Saturday, and I thought, hey, hey, like we got all this weight of having to believe through all this, to stand through all this. And then we came and we had a great Sunday at church. And, um, you know, uh, my, my kids were watching online, and we get a call, hey, the water shut off. I said, okay, well, you know, maybe there was an issue, something going on. It was when all that rain was happening. So, so I get home, and there's a little note from my really sweet neighbor on the door. Hey, give me a call. Here's my cell. I'll tell you what went on with the water. And now on, on a holiday weekend... Uh, the, the water main from the road to my house is busted and is leaking water all over the lawn. So, uh, but hey, how many know that for like $6 a month, you can order this insurance because the stuff to the, lo- to the road will be covered by that insurance? Guess where that paper was? That was in my folder in things to sign up for in June. <laughs> Oh, so I, I was like, so, so here's, here's me in my flesh. Okay, three days of a break, and here it goes again. I just want to just wow you and dazzle you with my spirituality in this moment here, you know? And, uh, you know, I just, so what in the world do I do? And how much is this going to cost? And this is a, a, an emergency plumbing situation on the weekend. And I'll just make it a long story short. God brought a godsend, and within 24 hours, everything was fixed. But, I, and, and I, it, but, but here's the thing, it was on the other side of it that I found the Lord, how many know despise not the disciplining of the Lord, I found the Lord just reminding me, you keep getting banged up by the trial, the trial's not the issue. The issue is I'm with you and I'm going to bring you through every step of the way. And you just have to have your eyes on me. And so I started off my eyes on the problem, kind of freaking out, you know, and then, you know, realizing, all right, every step of the way here, I just have to bring it back to turning my focus from the test to the Lord. So it's kind of, in a great picture is when we're driving down the road, right? When we're driving, we don't just stare right at the hood in front of us. We, we look a good ways down the road and that's how we can, you know, stay on course. Uh, that, that, that's a little bit of a picture of, you know, the problem might be right here in front of us, but we got to be just keep driving toward the Lord. And then the Lord is going to take care of, of making sure that all gets fixed. Isaiah 26, three, uh, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Can you say amen? All right, uh, the, the fifth thought, there, there's uh, just six of these, and then, you know, then we'll pray. Actually, I'll probably have Pastor James come back, and we'll, we'll worship a little bit here. Uh, I wasn't sure how long it was going to take to navigate through, but I think we'll, famous last words of the preacher, right? I think we'll be wrapping up soon. Um, number five, and, and, and I, I know we've shared this thought before, but this absolutely has to be said in this context. Act like the victor instead of the victim. Right, because isn't it easy to start falling into that place of uh, uh, man? I'm the victim, and, and you know the the whole why thing. You know, again, we say why God says what. 
We say, why is this happening? God says, what do I want to do in your life in this situation? Right? So uh, nobody escapes the tests and the trials, but here's our promise. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So again, if we fall into victim, it's going to be why. You know, why was I born in this place? Why, uh, why was I born in this family? Uh, why am I in this situation? Why are the circumstances the way they are? And, you know, we could have a problem coming down the road, and, and the problem could be coming from a lot of different situations. We might say, hey, it was my poor choices. That's why there's a problem. We could say, it's somebody around me that I'm up close to. They're poor choices. That's why this is going on. Um, we could be uh, saying, well, it's very clearly an attack of the enemy. Or maybe we have no idea. Sometimes we just don't know exactly where it's coming from. You know, but the good news is we can just understand, but God's going to bring me through. If I'm off, if I'm wrong, I can repent. I can just humble my heart. I can get before the Lord, and then he's going to get around me, and he's going to bring me through to the other side. Amen? So the enemy, on the other hand, wants us to go through as a victim. And uh, that, that, that pushes us out of the sphere where God can cover, God can bless. Uh, and, and the word tells us, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And, and you know, sometimes too, we can look at a situation and we could say, all right, this, there's a trial here, there's a storm, there's a circumstance, it's messy and we could think, okay, well, this is a loss, or this is a failure, or I'm not successful. And we can get confused regarding what success looks like. You know, there, there's, a, there's almost a worshiping of success in Western culture. You know, and, and I think in American culture as well, what we, what we deem success. I think a lot of times, you know, what we see on, on people's social media feeds, you know, or some of the video blogs that people do, you know, a day in my life, you know, and they've got like this iron discipline life. And I'm, you know, realizing, come on, let's be honest, you, you pulled that off for one day that you had the camera rolling. You know, let's see what it looks like for a week, for a month, for, for a year, you know, um, but, you know, there, there's, this, there's this pursuit of success, but as believers, we always have to look at, well, what is success from God's perspective? And listen, it's this simple. If we are where God wants us to be, fulfilling the best we know how, what he's called us to do, we're a success, right? If we, if we blow it and we say, Lord, forgive me, and we get back up, the righteous fall seven times, but they get up every time, and we go on after God, guess what? We're a success. You know, it's remaining faithful to the process that God has laid out for us. So every day we get up and we show up, we're a success with the Lord. So, and, and here, here's the other side of it. If I don't consider myself a success unless I see something good happening, specifically happening, then I'm only inches away of considering myself a failure. You realize that's the other side of the coin. You know, if it has to be when I am observing, you, you know, kind of like when and somebody, I, I heard it said, you, you know, wow, you became an overnight success. As a matter of fact, I don't remember who said this, but I remember an interview and somebody said, gee, that's interesting. It took me 30 years to become an overnight success. You know, in other words, no, no, I wasn't an overnight success. I've been just showing up and showing up and showing up. Um, and, and that's part of the success process. A great uh, picture of that in the Word of God is the story of Joseph, uh, chapters 37 to 50 in Genesis. 
Again, just looking at some of the things he went through, sold into slavery by his brothers, brought to a foreign uh, country, uh, falsely accused of rape and imprisoned. He interprets the dream of Pharaoh's butler and baker. Uh, In three days, the one was restored. In three days, the other would die. Uh, He tells the butler, remember him when he goes back and he's restored to Pharaoh. Uh, And then he's forgotten about with two more years in prison. And every time along the way where things in the circumstances were, were messy and ugly and challenged and all of this stuff, Joseph stayed faithful to the Lord and just kept walking with God. And then, of course, we know Pharaoh had a dream. Joseph interprets it. Seven years of prosperity coming, followed by seven years of severe famine. And Joseph becomes second in command over all of Egypt. So uh, it's, it's uh, 22 years later to just understand how God isn't interested in overnight success. You know, could you see them back in those days? Joseph, you're so wise. Joseph, second in command. How did you become this overnight success for Pharaoh? You know, I'm sure that Joseph was probably one of the first to say, yeah, 22 years to become an overnight success, right? And Genesis 50, 20, uh, you intended to harm me, Joseph says to his brothers, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. In the message, don't you see you planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. I love the way that's worded, and I hope that encourages us tonight. If you got somebody where you feel like, man, are they after me? Are they actually out for me? You can know that, that even that in God's hands. You know, that's literally what happened with Joseph here. You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good, as you see all around you right now. It's life for many people. Uh, Max Lucado, the, the, the famous Christian author, he said, in God's hands, intended evil becomes eventual good. I just love that. That's just such a great, you know, encapsulation of that. So, you meant evil against me, but God turned it around and made it work for good. Romans 8, 28, 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What a great, great promise that is for us. And then, and then the last point we'll look at here, our pain will often become a point of ministry for us. So, you know, the challenge you had last year, 10 years ago, uh, things that you don't want to talk about may very well be the lifeline of hope to bring victory into other people's lives. I, I remember, I don't know how many here tonight were, were uh, here for the message a few weeks back that Pastor James did, uh, and, you know, and he was sharing with us, hey, a little bit different of a feel, just kind of sharing, just kind of talking with you. And uh, he got very transparent on, on, on learning lessons that he went through. And that's, that's so edifying, that's so inspiring when people share from, here's the lumps I took. And here's how God used that to grow me. And, and, and every time, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so easy for us in our humanity to want to cover over the things that, uh, where we blow it, where we miss it, where we've made mistakes. But yet truly, uh, uh, who, who said it? People will respect us for our strengths, but they'll connect with us over our weaknesses. And, and so we understand that our, our weaknesses are covered in Christ and we can do all things through Christ. But my point is to, to hold back 
letting people see places where we've blown it, where we failed, where we missed it, uh, is, is, is missing an opportunity to connect with somebody else. That's going to connect with somebody else's heart. Oh yeah, you had that pain. I felt that pain too. Again, I can remember one of my first times doing this sort of publicly. Um, it was when I was on staff at Calvary Temple up in North Jersey. Actually, I wasn't on staff yet. I was the youth pastor. And um, no, I wasn't the youth pastor. I was an intern. There we go. Got it. And uh, during my internship, I was uh, to become one of the people uh, having the privilege of doing the dunking in, in the baptism booth. And um, I, I, at the moment, had this sinking feeling because I realized I, I haven't been baptized. I'm interning for ministry, and I hadn't been baptized. And, and so I, I see that ghastly look on, on several of your faces, you know. So let, let me explain what happened, yeah, especially Pastor Tom. He just, you know, his, his mouth went right open. No, what happened is they were going to do this outdoor baptism in a lake. And, you know, in my, in my newness in the Lord, I was like, well, that's a lake that's outside. That's, that's kind of like a river, kind of like the Jordan River. That's, that's more spiritual than a tank. I'm going to do the outdoor baptism. How cool and spiritual is that? But it got rained out. And so then I waited for the next time they were going to do it outside. And, and then it got to the point where they said, looks like we'll do that next year. And then it didn't happen next year. And then out of sight, out of mind. So, so my pastor, just with all of the love and grace he could muster, looked at me when I informed him that I wasn't baptized. And he said, you turkey. He said, well, you're getting baptized with this bunch too. And, and part of the promotion for this round of baptism was for every one of us to stand up there and share why we're being baptized. So my pride and my ego could have turned around and said, because I love God, you know, something like that. But, you know, I just felt God really dealing, like, just, just keep it real, you know. So I had said, listen, I, here's what happened. And I just let it go. I neglected it. And, and it's something of obedience that I should be doing. And that's why I'm being baptized. And, and here's the thing. God taught me a lesson in that. There was probably another five or six people that joined on with baptism because they said, oh my goodness, I've done the same thing. I got to be baptized too, you know. So uh, that was just, the, I think, one of the first times where I realized, you know, being transparent can be helpful. Uh, it's, it's not, it doesn't feel good on the ego, but that's okay. We don't need the ego to feel good. You know, we, we want to be uh, walking in humility with the Lord, right? So, uh, so just realizing this, it, it's, for some people, it becomes the entire focus of their ministry, you know, uh, 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 either a point of failure or a point of crisis or a point of deep pain that they had gone through that God worked in their life. And now they can speak with such authority in that area. And there's a grace. And again, that, uh, you, you know, I can look past all of this and I can see the brokenness in this group of people. And now God is allowing me to go minister to that need. Uh, so, so I just say that to share. Um, let, let's, let's not leave, you know, packed in a a trunk somewhere in our heart or packed in a, a, a closet or a room somewhere in our heart, something that God maybe wants to use to glorify himself, you know, uh, where others can learn from us. Second Corinthians 1, uh, this is the second part of uh, verse 3 through verse 7. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, they'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. The more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. When we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident 
that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. So a lot of talk of, of comfort and a lot of talk of, of that in relationship to trials. You know, just one more quick story. I, I think of Barry Mall uh, here in our church family on how God took uh, a point of pain and a, and a point of, of real severe crisis in his life and gave him a passion uh, that is still blazing in his heart today. And it goes back to, to Hurricane Sandy. And, um, you, you know, he shares the story of his house being flooded and him walking through the street with his wife, with his pet, you know, held up with the water chest high, you know, just, just realizing everything he owns is, is getting washed away. And, and, um, you know, Pastor Walt had organized uh, some of the pastors in the region here, and and uh, basically Jersey Shore United was formed out of that uh, with with Barry uh, taking the helm with that. And after the immediate season of need went away, uh, God was working a calling in his heart uh, to, to continue to care for folks wherever there is that disaster. And I don't know if you remember, just a couple years back, there was one of these um, thunderstorm, like supercell uh scattered thunder cell that came through and it flooded all of Greenbrier in, um, in brick. And Barry and JSU were over there to help put people's homes back together, put their lives back together. They do it all in the name of the Lord. And actually, they, they have a cool little building that actually is going to be headquartered on our site. And in this next year, we're going to be uh, getting more opportunity to partner wherever there is disaster in our community. That totally sounded like the introduction for a superhero. Wherever there is disaster in our community, JSU and Grace and Peace will be there. I thought it was funny. Anyway, that's okay. <laughs> Some of you gave me your game face. That's okay. But anyway, what an amazing thing that still to this day, and I can remember, you know, it got hard for him in that process, you know, and he would say, I want to get rid of this thing because there was a lot of effort to get this up and rolling. And then it moved into this picture of getting a heart for seeing churches connect together whenever disaster comes, you know, and, and to see those in different denominations realize that they're part of the same family in the body of Christ and, and just an incredible thing. So again, I, I don't know, I, I didn't intend to share that whole story, but just, just to be encouraged that wherever there's a point of brokenness or hurt or, or, or challenge in your life, be sensitive to see if God wants to use that. And, and the enemy wants it to be something that's crippling, something that's a sore point, and God wants to redeem it so he'll get much glory and see many people reached because of it. Amen? Going back to Peter. You know, Peter had this, this failure because of, you know, his fear got the best of him and he denied the Lord and uh, was so broken over it. And, and then Jesus restored him. You know, we, we had just looked at it. Uh, the Lord restored him. Uh, Forty days before the day of Pentecost, he couldn't stand in the presence of three people. Actually, it says there was a couple of servant girls that were saying, weren't you with Jesus? So that 40 days earlier, he couldn't stand up to the pressure of three people. Now on the day of Pentecost, he's uh, standing in front of thousands and he preaches the first recorded sermon in the New Testament, uh, the first recorded sermon for the modern-day church, all because God took something that was a failure in his life and said, that's not going to define you. It's going to be what we do moving forward that's going to define you. Can you say amen? amen. So praise God. I, I know that like kind of the season we're in big picture-wise is one of hope. 
hey, things are opening up. Hey, summertime's coming. Hey, there's some good stuff. But I know at the same time, because I know I've been seeing it in my own life, you know, there's the, the buffetings, the waves, the trials, and the things come along. And you want to know, you know, going back to the whole no pain, no gain, you know, that, that gym phrase, God wants to build strong, just in the spirit, gigantic muscular, getting the word picture there, believers who are so committed to him that what is happening to us just melts away. I wish I could say I was there, you know, uh, that where just, you know, it doesn't rattle me at certain times when, when the storms and the things come. But I do know that these, these are a handful of things that if we practice these things, even if we get our bell rung, even if something comes from left field, like a note on our door saying, uh, you, you know, call me, I'll tell you about your water, you know, after, after a great day at church, you know, or, or maybe even something more severe or life-threatening or something. We can take a look at, at, at these things, keeping our eyes on the Lord, always knowing he has something wonderful for us as we walk with him through it. And he's never going to leave us. He's always going to be right there with us in the process. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise you, Lord. Pastor James, would you mind coming back? And I thought maybe... Uh, whether it was just a, a moment of prayer or whether we would uh, get back into worship, just to allow us opportunity. If there is anybody that's here now that is saying, yeah, you know, those buffetings are still hitting. Just out of curious, uh, curiosity, anybody in the room right now saying, yeah, I got some buffetings. I got some, some things that are coming. All right, so, so good. Uh, Talking to the right crowd. Uh, you, you know, um, if you're, if you're in a place of victory, then hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. You're walking with him. Keep it going. Uh, we can just worship and continue to affirm that. But uh, if you've grown weary, you know, uh, if it's something where the enemy has kind of weaseled his way in, why don't we just let this be a time of worship where we just say, so Lord, I know you got this. My eyes are on you. I'm going to stir my faith. Amen. We do declare that you reign. You reign in our hearts, you reign in our lives, God. We recognize the devil is a liar. You reign, you are king, you are victor, and you reign on the throne of our hearts. We glorify you, we praise you in that tonight. So we arrest, we take captive every thought every vain thing that the enemy would have put into play that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the greater one living in us. We say no to that stuff in Jesus' name. Every lie broken we say in Jesus' name. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do, precious Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do in our hearts. Lord, that you would ground us in, in these kingdom truths, these biblical truths, these truths about the way you see things, the way you work in our lives. Lord, ground them in us. And Holy Spirit, do a, a fresh work in our hearts. Lord, wherever there is buffeting, wherever there is storm, wherever there's mess, trial, challenge, obstacle, in any lives, whether it's us gathered here, someone that might be watching, God, we pray, precious Holy Spirit, come and work. We stir our faith. 
we stir our faith and we say, we believe you and we believe your report. We believe your character, your faithfulness, your goodness, your power, your healing, your salvation, your deliverance. That's what we believe. And Jesus, our eyes are on you. May we be a people who do not fixate on the problems and the buffetings. But may we be a people that fix our eyes on Jesus. And I just had a sense while we were worshiping that, that, that there were even some that, that, that was specifically that seeing, seeing through, through these truths that God will unlock purposes he has for you for things that you've been sheltering off from him and I, I don't have the detail on that I don't know if that's uh, because they were failures or they're just very painful things whatever they were but I just really had a sense that that Holy Spirit was wanting to just I, I, I got I was hearing that word unlock unlock destinies unlock ministry unlock fruitfulness and of course, it's, it's in his time, it's in his leading, it's in his way. But we can trust him with the good, bad, and the ugly that's happened up to this point. And so, Lord, I pray wisdom, wisdom to, to discern and to hear your voice. And truly, God, I'm in awe that as hard as the enemy would work to destroy and tear down and do all the ugly stuff that the evil one does. Lord, we're in awe that you're just so much greater than all of that. That it doesn't matter how bad or ugly or painful or, or, or whatever it's been, you will redeem it. And Lord, now I pray specifically anybody who right now, they're up against it. The rock in the hard place oppression, buffeting, whatever it is, Lord. I pray that you administer your comfort and your grace. And again, we, we stir our hearts to say, we believe you. We believe all that you've said, all that you've laid out in your word, and that it's ours because we're your kids if we will simply trust you. So God, we say we trust you. Every place where the enemy is stolen, we put you on notice now. We say you're exposed, enemy. Your power is broken. And we say everything stolen must be returned in Jesus' name. Peace, soundness of mind, wholeness, destiny, whatever it is, we say it's returned in the name of Jesus. Glory to you, God. We worship you. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome in this place. You're so welcome in this place. We so honor and reverence and recognize that there, there are things only you can do, but that it's your good pleasure as you will. And so we say, just have your way. Come fill. God, thank you for inhabiting the praises of your people. We just worship you, God. We love you so much. You really are so faithful and so good. Let's just wait a moment on the Lord.
through to you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Father, as we prepare to leave this place tonight, we just thank you so much for speaking to us, Lord, as we've worshiped, as we've looked to your word. Thank you for bearing fruit in our lives. Thank you that up to this point, whatever test has come, it's our purpose by your grace for it to be testimony. And anything in the days to come will not be moved. As we sang, will not be shaken. Uh, Lord, for it'll be our testimony. We will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Lord, you get all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.